Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 2, Chapter 72. It's the middle of the night. The very, very early hours of the 8th of Neth. The last of the Kuru. Idiots? Morons? I don't remember now. Has <laughs> just fallen. Congrats to you all on a very successful ambush, by the way. That was really well done. You I sound mean, sarcastic. considering that we almost all died, sure. It was great. <laughs> but I mean... That was a lot of folks you took out when you were like below half resources. I thought that was pretty cool. All right. That's pretty cool. It All feels right, you're, like you're joking. The, the Does tone, it feel like I'm winding you up? The yes. tone is uh, not putting me at ease. Wow. I must just now always sound like I'm editorializing. I actually was like, hey, y'all, that was cool. That was cool. Well, Aww, I told it. you earlier that I thought it was cool, so it feels like you're making fun of me for doing that. It was very cool. Oh. Okay, so no, I don't know. I was happy with the one shot. Boom! That was that was pretty cool. fucking that was amazing. A, that was the cool. Most amazing way to start. A Could fight he like do that. cool stuff? Like what cool stuff did we stop from happening by Roni killing him with one shot? Oh, good question. I, I actually can't. Save I that can't answer. End. You've you've asked iterations of that question a couple of times, <laughs> okay. and I can't answer because there's like there's more cultists with that stat block. Oh, okay. So okay. I don't want to <laughs> tell you. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> But we raced out of Iris Hill at around 12.30 a.m. We hid in the bushes for a few minutes, watching to see who would return. We saw Mellison and her vamps, and we saw the smaller platoon returning with the undead soldiers from Fort Hillcourse. We then spent several minutes backtracking the Kuru down to the base of town, not far from the lakeshore, plotted out, laid an ambush, and then we fought for nearly a minute. There's now a heap of corpses littering the courtyard here at the center of this cluster of houses located out on the west end of town near the Stain. I'm guessing we would like to toss them. Correct. <laughs> it's a lot of bodies. Are we doing a little bit of detecting, detecting? Sure. And also we are doing this as quickly as possible considering that we are minutes away from Iris Hill and if they flew up and flew over like we want yeah. to be gone in fact Dabo oh, could keep an eye on the sky while we're doing this just summon a bird do why don't you sorry that was really hostile <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna take some time it's a lot of bodies if you are de- I'm assuming you have to detect magic though yeah. right Dabs sure. yeah. alright so Zoom and Zoom let's assume no psychic significance uh, among this particular cluster of folks but there are some radiating auras of magic the chain shirt that Roni blew a hole through on the dandy is radiating magic there are a couple of magical auras coming off of potions inside the dandy's pouch. Each of the uh, the the axemen, the uncanny axemen, have a little bits of uh, radiating magic coming out of their belt pouches as well. The axemen all have masterwork battle axes. That's three total if you want those. The red shirts, they all had hide armor and clubs, probably nothing of interest to you. Uh, aside from these uh, glowing objects heretofore mentioned, the dandy also has a masterwork rapier, a masterwork dagger, a an unholy symbol of Haster, hmm. a spell component pouch, in case an extra M1 is of use to anybody, 55 gold pieces, and some really, really expensive clothing that I have to now, it's just, it's destroyed. Right, there's no, there's no, there's I don't no I really want to strip this guy yeah. in the middle of it. The- Although it could be fun. 
Uh, <laughs> Paul, uh. Paul, why don't you get me some spellcraft checks on these items? Let's start with let's start with the easy stuff. Let's start with the potions that the axemen are uh, carrying. Eleven. Uh, give me one more check on a different potion. Twenty-three. So the. Dandy has one unidentified so far potion and one potion of vanish. These are starting to look familiar to you all. Johnny, you want to give me a check for Oni on those other potions? 20. Potion There's a total of four potions of cure moderate wounds. Oh. It's a nice little haul there. And Paul, give me a spellcraft check on that chain shirt. 27. Plus one chain shirt. Not too shabby. I don't know if we're at a point where that's useful for anyone to wear, but at least it's worth a little bit of money. What are we tossing in the haversack? And how are we distributing uh, those I potions? I say we take the masterwork weapons. Absolutely. Great. Should we toss those in yep. the bag of holding? Everybody take one of the potions. Cool. Potion of Cure Mod. I'm drinking mine immediately. <laughs> that's a seven and a five for 12, uh, 13, 14, 15. Nice. Who's taking the potion of Vanish? I would say Dora should take it. All right. <laughs> no. I always like to be invisible for one round. I mean, just to get you out of a jam, it's never not, a bad not thing. Not arguing at all. Okay, thank you. So that, of course, takes a few more minutes, but we're doing it as hastily as possible. We're cresting on to quarter to one now, and as you are finishing looting these bodies, you see a shuttered window open up on the second story of one of these houses surrounding this now trampled garden down here. Uh, the house whoops, had been dark, and it still is, but there's obviously a family hiding inside, as there still is in at least half of the houses in town. And you see this just exhausted, haggard-looking elven man, middle-aged, graying hair, glasses, looks like a, like a craftsman of some sort, sort of pop his head out. Constable, is that you? Hey. It's all of you down there. I can't quite make out who I'm talking to. Who is this? Barahel. Barahel Urn. Knowledge local check? Sure. 32. He's a, he is a cobbler in town. Local cobbler. There's a group of us just tending to a few matters. What can I do for you before we have to leave soon? Are you safe? You see a little kid, like, join him in the window. A little kid starts clapping, too. Like, you see other heads opening up shutters around <laughs> the, the courtyard here. Dora's like, heads no, are sticking no, out, men and women, mostly humans, a, a couple of half-elves as well. They're all applauding. Dora, Dora's waving her hands. What's wildly. the problem? Shh. We're not quite out of the woods yet, so we'd appreciate you not bringing such fucking attention to us, but thank you just the same. The night is not over. Wait! Hang on! <laughs> you see this middle-aged woman in another house across the way, this time on the east side of the courtyard here. Uh, Constable! You gotta have a look at this! You can see her pointing, like, over her house, like, closer into the center of town. 
I'll look in the direction she's pointing. You want to? You have to get out of this little courtyard and head out there. Yeah. Lock yourselves right. back in. I'll go Doris take a look, but get the fuck back in your doors, please. All right. So you see, you see a lot of faces just like locking right back up, but they're 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 casting very appreciative glances as though they caught the sight of the group of you taking down a massive group of cannibals who were rampaging through their gardens. You get outside this little neighborhood, and then you hit this slightly open expanse where the road that comes down from Iris Hill eventually spills out near the stain and you can make out the unmistakable glow of a fire coming from the northeast, sort of like in the direction of Fort Hale Course, but it's not the fort. You can see that on the top of the hill and it's dark. Something's burning off in that direction. Like, 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 Silver Wagon Direction? Maybe exactly Silver Wagon Direction <laughs> would be something that those of you who know where that is, like Grip, who's walked around town a number of times and knows exactly where it is, might uh, immediately it's suspect. So close to Iris Hill. <laughs> it is, in fact, at the base of Iris Hill. You want to start heading in that direction? Uh, yeah, but if we- we're going to do that, then we got to heal up before we do anything else. Quick tap, tap. Let me see what we wait, got. Wait, is this a trap? I mean, are, are we being lured to save people Sense from a motive fire? Sense on the people. In the in the houses? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Nineteen. No reason to suspect anything from them. <laughs> what does everybody have in terms of hit point damage? I'm full, but I have nothing to fight with. I'm at twenty six of sixty six. I'm at thirteen of forty three. <laughs> Just got a potion of cure mod. That's nice. I will give you. I will give grip my potion of cure mod at wounds. Okay. I will take mine. Let me know where you're at after that. And I can start tapping people. We have, we literally have 17 charges left on this wand of cure light wounds. So I got, I got another 13 out okay. of that. All right, I'll start rolling. Give yourself one tap, Johnny. We can assume you can do this as you're walking. I'm gonna hold on to the potion just in case I have to deliver it to somebody yeah, in all great. those rounds where I won't have anything to do. It's in hand. So right. as you're doing some healing on the move. You make your way deeper into town. You, you you come out where Market Street hits the road that leads up to the Silver Wagon Inn. Let me actually drop you on the town map here. Yikes. I, I'm now back up to my full. After one? Yeah. Great. I mean, I, I didn't have tons, and I can't get six more hit points because of my constitution damage. Oh, boy. No oh oh, right. <laughs> Do you all see yourselves there on the yes. map? Uh-huh. Okay. So you're where Market Street meets the road that leads up to the Silver Wagon, and, and it's here that you can finally get a better view of what's going on. The roof of the Silver Wagon is ablaze. This is a three-story building, can hold a ton of guests, and you know that there's probably not a lot, if any, out-of-towners in there right now, but Dina Galagos has been opening her place up to folks that have lost family or don't feel safe at home and so forth, so there's probably people there. And you can also, now, from where you're at, when you clear out of this section of houses and past the clumps of trees down there in this neighborhood, you can see the gatehouse of the Iris Hill compound. Now, you're a long ways away, so exact details are hard to make out, but there is a group of figures standing on top of the gatehouse, lighting arrows aflame, and then raining them down onto the rooftops of the buildings around the Silver Wagon. It is a long shot, but medieval longbows can conceivably hit targets nearly a quarter mile away, and these guys have a clear line of sight down to most of the buildings around the base of those hills. Of course, obviously, 
nine and a half out of ten shots are missing, but it only takes a couple to get a fire going, and it seems as though a couple have hit their mark. Everybody give me a perception check. Uh, Dabs. Are we still within two hours from when we entered uh, Iris Hill? Yep. Okay, great. Oh, you've got the elixir going, right? Yeah, so that's a 35. Hmm. (laughs) Roni. 15. Looks like a fucking fire. (laughs) Dora. Wow. (laughs) Oh. Oh, and grip. A 20. Yes. So, everyone is, their gaze is first drawn to the fire at the silver wagon. And I think Dora is just staring into those flames, mesmerized for a moment. But the three of you catch sight off to the east of another, you catch sight of another fire down towards the direction of the new chapel. The flames, though, are weird. Greenish and red rather than orange. And against the stars, you can tell that there's like what appears to be a a thick cloud of smoke forming. I think I can take an alchemy check from Roni there, Johnny. Excellent. Ooh, 24. Roni immediately guesses that he's looking at some sort of alchemical or chemical fire that is probably more acid-based than flame-based, as though maybe something's burning, but it's giving off acidic fumes. It's a chemical fire. It's a chemical fire. And then there is, in very short order, this muffled poof inside of a big (laughs) building a couple of blocks down from you. There's no sign of flames, but something has definitely exploded. Give me a knowledge local, Johnny. 26. Okay. I hope whatever exploded let those will-o'-wisps out. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait for it, my friend. Oh, no. <laughs> Johnny, Roni knows what this building is. This very large building is used by the population of Thrushmoor to store no. all of the coal and lumber of the town. Do they also put their flour in there? <laughs> This is um, this place is run by Lank Maris, who is somebody who also keeps a coterie of doves and pigeons. This is the person who Skywin has been waiting to hear message from her supplier from. But you know that this giant building is where they keep all the coal and lumber. With those perception checks from the three of you that were looking in this direction, you all beat this next check. You all catch sight of a figure furtively and suspiciously scampering away down the street a couple of blocks and this building's a couple blocks down you see a figure scampering off into the night and I'm imagining now because you've got fire in the distance behind him it's just like you happen to catch movement in the weird green glow happening all around you how how far away a couple blocks So, I imagine there is probably a sinking feeling in each of your stomachs as it becomes quite clear that there is shit going down all over this town right now. Retaliatory shit. Vandalism, destruction, revenge. If somebody can't have their harvest, someone's going to make it hurt. And here we go. So, 
A foray was made into Iris Hill. The party caused death or disruption there and then left the estate with Mellison still in charge. This is triggering what I think is going to be a really fun skill challenge for tonight. <laughs> wow. So we haven't done a lot of skill challenges yet in the yeah, show. That, yeah. Really, the only one we've done I th- was is the library research yeah. back in Briarstone. Uh, we obviously have many more of those coming down the line. But libraries are only one kind of skill challenge the game has to offer. There are lots from research to rituals to chases and so forth. Uh, and how I'm seeing this from from the show perspective is that skill challenges give us an opportunity to do a, a slightly different kind of storytelling for an evening. It takes us out of the tactical realm, like, what do you do this six seconds? And then what do you pick up with that hand uh, into more of the, the strategic realm? Like, here's a situation, what kind of broader approach do you think your character would take? So there is, of course, a heavy game element to what we'll be doing, because, of course, we're playing a game, and a storytelling element, and we're going to work together to tell the story as we go. I'll give you setups for each event. You'll ask me questions. We'll set the scene together. Then you will make your role, and we will let the results guide our (laughs) shared telling of what you do and how well it works. I love it. I love skill challenges. It's so much fun. We'll get to the story soon, but let me walk you through the rules of this particular game. This particular skill challenge is new to us. So the goal. The primary goal should be pretty obvious. You're trying to save as many lives as you can. That's assuming you want to save lives. If you do not, you can bow out anytime you want. With a, a secondary goal being, as you've been successfully doing all night frustrating Mellison's efforts here in Thrushmore and hopefully gain some influence over her ultimate response to tonight's shenanigans. To that end, ready for it, Katie? Yes. We'll be tracking what are called victory points as we go. Katie loves tracking points. (laughs) You want to be the official uh, chronicler of points? She's already drawing lines and things in her book. Oh my God. She's so ready for this. (laughs) On the micro level, Victory points will determine how many folks end up dying in each event, if any. And on the macro level, we'll total them all up to determine Mellison's eventual response at the end of the night. Uh, The completion method for this skill challenge is what they call success-based, which is different than like movement-based, like a chase, or progress-based, like a research project. Basically, do you hit your number or not? And how many numbers do you hit? Frequency. So in, you know, in a chase, we've done different kinds of chases. The frequency is usually either round by round, or we did one, I think, in Starfinder that was minute by minute. Yeah. We were racing down yeah. the hill Remember? against oh, from amazing. that herd of yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. animals. <laughs> so we've done a couple of those over the years. For research, the frequency of checks is eight hours. We've done a little bit of that. This one's placed at 10 minutes. That's probably a little loosey-goosey, but that's kind of the idea to think of for each cycle. So it's more time than a single round, but not a ton of time when you have to race your ass around town from place to place. And it also means that even though we're going to gauge success on the basis of a single skill or ability check, it's not like that check represents literally one single standard action. There is wiggle room to make use of a spell or a class ability to help you if you need or want to. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Skill bonuses. You'll recognize this part from when we did research. Every skill challenge can offer some blanket bonuses or penalties to certain skill checks. Remember in uh, Katie and Briarstone, you got that blanket plus two because of the organization of the library. It's like that. So here, you will have an opportunity to earn yourself some event-specific boosts as we go. But because of the choice you made in Chapter 70, 
to take out one of Mellison's three groups of forces. You have all earned yourself, Katie's arms are in the air, a plus two bonus to every single die 20 roll you make tonight. Yes. yes. Reflecting cool. basically that Mellison's side has less personnel and they're having to move way more quickly and chaotically and so forth. Basically, you bought yourself an edge here because you took out a fuck ton of her forces. <laughs> so uh, the event checks. Just like we call the knowledge roll that Dora makes when working on a library, a research check, we will have one particular roll for each character at each event, and this is going to be called uh, an event check. Success or failure will determine whether you gain a victory point or not. Each event check can be a skill check or an ability check. And I'm kind of looking at Robert, who has fewer skills than the rest. Like, there will be circumstances where, like, maybe con or strength would be viable checks for you if you want to. Or an intelligence check. Exactly. If you need to find a book really quickly, (laughs) send grip. (laughs) Just to know, the difficulty classes here are not gimmies. You're going to want to build up any advantages for yourself that you can. So it's nice that you get to start with that blanket plus two. Hand in the air, Katie. Action points, shame points. I will get there. I have an idea that I want to float with you all that I think will be fun and fair. (laughs) So normally with research checks in a skill challenge, the GM is supposed to just tell you these are the skill checks that are allowed for this cycle, but that's not how I want to do these. I want to give you all a lot more room to personalize your part in this, and I would like for you to pitch me the checks that you want to make and why you think that would have a chance of succeeding. That's usually how I run skill challenges. Can we help each other? Yes, you can. I think, let's think of it as a person has a choice to make, let them, before yelling things at them, let them (laughs) ponder on their own, and then maybe we turn it over to the group. I'm asking for help. Right, sure. And I can also, I am also totally willing to just say, hey, here's some things that are suggested if you, if you need help. So you'll define your own event check. Access to certain spells or class abilities or racial traits can maybe potentially even completely guarantee success without a roll, very unlikely, but more likely grant you a, a nice circumstance bonus to your event check at my discretion. The idea is like plus two for a nice little boost, plus five for a significant one is the idea. Now, of course, if you hit a wall and you need help, we'll, we'll, we'll get you some help. So my thought was in order to not unfairly tax your shame points, since this is outside (laughs) of the normal game system here, this is what I was thinking. I propose that each of you gets, for this skill challenge, one action point to be spent in this skill challenge only, and one roll with advantage. In other words, roll twice and take the higher result. Basically, you each have one moment in this evening where you push yourself beyond your limits, and one moment where maybe luck or or fate, if Stasi was here, uh, is on your side. (laughs) I think it'll be fun to figure out when to use each, and it might even encourage one or more of you to try a skill you're less good at if it makes more story sense, if you know you can roll twice. Does that sound sound Result has already been determined. (laughs) Right. She already knows what is going to happen. I'm assuming this for action points, obviously the normal thing of adding D6 to any roll after you've made it. Plus, let's remember, you can use an action point to get a free use of any class ability with a limited number of uses you may have run out of for the day. I'm also looking at Robert Mm -hmm. there. And for spells, let's say Dora can turn her action point into casting any one spell she knows for free, basically. And that Dabs and Roni could turn it into casting any one spell or extract that they prepared today, but may have already cast. I have a question about this because I specifically left an extract blank. To prepare an extract takes one minute. Sure. So then any spell. You can so, any so extract. Could I could I then like prepare Yes. 
would I be able to prepare like the action point extract and another extract, or is this just like no? I think it'll give you the the extra time and gumption to prepare any one thing, whether you prepared it or not. Okay. Like on the move, you okay. know, desperately mixing chemicals. Great. Does that yeah, sound? Yeah, these are ten minute. They're, yes, ish but, increments. But couldn't as, part of it be preparing a spell that might? It could be, but you might also be move, having to move around a lot. <laughs> But yeah, exactly to that point. I, I think if Johnny has an extract, an empty extract slot left over. Let me say this, Johnny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if we're in if we're in a cycle here where you're like, I'm essentially doing one thing in this location and not moving or moving very very little, I think I'd have a minute in here to prepare a, a thing. Just let me know. Holler at me. Okay. I'm not. I don't want this to screw you over. I know it's already hitting you after a long day of adventuring. Let's talk about how cycles will work. There will be a certain number of scenarios. Each scenario will have a number of events. So Mellison quickly and hastily tasked her forces with a number of goals. To achieve those goals, her forces will have to spread out across town and take certain actions. So at the start of each scenario, the first thing your characters need to do is figure out what's happening. So every scenario has a, number one, identification phase. This is where we'll find out what you all are aware of. Sometimes there will be easily visible or audible things going on, and you'll just know, oh my god, the silver wagon's on fire. Uh, Sometimes you might have to keep your eyes peeled with a perception check or ask around if there are people out and about where you are, like a diplomacy check, or you may have other ideas. And I may even suggest things or say, why don't you just do this, because I think your character would be doing that, whatever. The DCs here are lower than the event check DCs. If you hit the target, you know the event is happening. If everyone fails every one of these identification phase checks, you simply do not find out in time about something that's happening, losing out entirely on the possibility of saving lives at that event. That do- that will not necessarily screw you out of victory points, but it might cost you people. If you beat the DC by 5 or 10, etc., you'll get a plus 1 or plus 2 bonus on checks for that event based on the idea that you learned quickly enough to make a difference in solving it. Yeah, I know. We're going to be stacking up bonuses here. Next, there will be a travel phase. You have to get to the locations where the events are happening. Sometimes you'll be together. Most times you'll have to make a quick decision about who goes where, and you won't always be able to consult each other. Distance will factor in here. If you're traveling to a place less than halfway across town, no modifier. If you're going somewhere more than halfway across town, you'll have a minus two to your event check. In other words, like time's lost getting there. Uh, Any believable shortcut you can come up with for crossing distances could offer a circumstance bonus, like if any of you could fly. I don't think that's this group. Or like the expeditious retreat spell. Anything else you may come up with. And you can always simply attempt a straight-up constitution check <laughs> to essentially haul ass and sprint quickly. This might be where grip will shine. If you hit DC... Can you carry me? If you, hit DC, if you hit DC 20, you'll get a plus two on your event check. But if you attempt to do that and get a five or lower, you get a minus two. It's like, I guess, you get winded or something. You have to rest a minute before carrying on. And then just no bonus in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No negative. There's not a ton of risk of making that check unless you just completely bomb it. And then finally, you will reach the event. I'll tell you what's going on. You'll decide how your characters tackle the scenario. You'll make your event check. We'll apply your circumstance modifiers, and then we'll describe together what happens there. And then uh, if it makes sense, I will let you know at that time how many people die there and how much damage you take if that ever becomes relevant. 
and uh, rinse and repeat. Wow. Okay, cool. I think you'll have fun figuring out fun ways to kind of boost yourself. Absolutely. Boost each other. This is awesome. Let's just say out loud, there are two things here we can't control. We cannot control the dice rolls, so let's hope, you know, what will, if... If they, if they fuck us over, the we'll, story is we'll the tell, story. We'll tell, yeah. us, uh, tell the story. We also can't control the chaos of who goes where and who <laughs> knows what. You're gonna have to split the party, and I think, I think, and tell me, this is, I, want, I want your honest opinion. I think it might be fun when you split up to have folks leave the room, so you only know what's happening where your characters are, and so none of you will have the whole story until you listen back after oh, we yes. record this. Wow. I say now, yes. I usually don't do that, but in some cases, oh sure, it's gonna be like, you're in one place, you see this happening and that happening, and you don't know where the others are, yeah. so you can't all go like, okay, you go here and I'll go there. Um, so in that case, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's how yeah. it's doing. Yeah, that's okay, great. all right, awesome, and then, we will dive headfirst into this morass of madness. We'll it's rename our production company Leave the Room Productions. Leave the Room Productions. <laughs> um, all right, so on the map, I have put your tokens down, and I have just dropped three pink X's, one at the Silver Wagon, one at the Depository, and one down at the Smokehouse. You don't know that yet, but you will soon enough. So you have caught sight of one fire at the Silver Wagon, you've caught sight of one chemical fire down in the direction of the smokehouse, and you've heard some sort of rumble internal explosion at the depository. Where do the four of you wish to head? Question? Yes. Where did we see the furtive figure? Running away from the depository. And where are the archers? They're at Iris Hill. They're They're all the way all over the the top of the hill there. I, I think without putting a lot of thought into it, um, I think Grip's initial reaction is going to be to try to chase this fucking guy that he sees sneaking away from the depository. I think, I think, I think you would eyeball him as, as as probably unlikely to catch him, but if you want to head that way, he's uh, he's he's got a good head start, but well, you know, we can check a con it's check. It's the closest, so I think we should go to the depository. These things are all happening. Right, right now. This is yeah, the time. This is our I'm... time to split up is what you're telling this us. This is the time oh, to split boy. up. <laughs> this is this may be the last time the entire group is together <laughs> well, tonight. Then then, then <laughs> I guess then let me quickly say, should yeah. I go somewhere further away since I you might be able go. to run faster or farther because of my con. Yeah, I gotta say that because of my con, Dora's going to the depository. <laughs> Alright, grip grip will head to the sm- uh, well he doesn't know. We well, don't know about the smokehouse. I don't know what the smokehouse, but I know that that's the chemical fire is further away than the, these other two things, right? But we there know are a lot there, of people in the silver wagon. We know there is an acid-dealing chemical fire at the... At, it, I've spilled it. It's at the smokehouse. I have acid resistance. You do. I, I, I however, have a very strong working knowledge of different alchemical things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might want to go to the silver wagon because it seems like the most people will be there, and Dora might be, um, Dora's diplomacy might be really helpful in these circumstances. Dadwick's also drawn towards the silver wagon right, with maybe, um, maybe elemental possibilities. Yeah. You two silver, you smokehouse grip depository. Let's All right. do it. Amazing. It. Amazing. Amazing. We just immediately decided to split the party. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what this is calling for. Why don't I start the, um, the closest is the depository. Let's start, let's start with that. So if you're not going to the depository, get, get out, out of here. Get out of here. All right. Amazing. Good luck, buddy. Don't forget your plus two. All right. So Grip laying his eyes on that figure dashing down the street, first starts running down the way, like side by side with Roni, who is hustling past you. Give me that uh, con check. Let's see if you can give yourself a little bonus here. 
It's a 15. Okay. All right. No bonus. But you you are carrying with you a plus one bonus from your identification phase perception check. So add plus one when you, when you finally make your check, you've got an extra plus one going there. So Roni sprints off ahead of you. You can probably pretty quickly tell you weren't going to catch this particular guy. So there's a two-story building here, and you can see sort of hanging out of a gabled window on the second story, a well-put-together young human man, like maybe 23, 24. There is uh, just like a little bit of smoke coming out of some of the windows along the top floor of this building. And as you sort of eye it, you would guess... This is probably largely all open space on the inside. And um, you don't know from alchemy and you don't know from traps. Mm -hmm. So I think you'd see signs of small fire up high. He's above it. He sees you coming and he and he holds down. Hey, constable, constable, uh, there, there were, there were uh, two men uh, mucking about down below and I tried to go downstairs and shoo them off. And when I opened the door at the, at the bottom of the stairs, there, uh, there was this, this bang and, and something's on fire on the inside. And I, I saw uh, a second man down uh, mucking about with the door, like I, he's rigged it. I'm, I'm trapped up here at the moment. There's a fire between me and you and I, I don't trust that door down there. They, they were messing about with it. I don't suppose you have a way of, of disarming a, an explosive, do you? I think we've still got time to get this fire out if, if I can get down there and we can get inside. Can he get out the window? Like, is there any way I can... Can I catch him? Is that... Uh... So you could easily climb up to him Gosh, maybe you could catch him with a like strength what, check. Well, how, how? It's just a regular second story. Oh wait, this. So he's got to be on a third. This guy, he's got to be on a third story, okay. like a, like an office above a two-story, like warehouse, warehousey building. Yeah. Okay. But I think you. I mean, you are very strong. I would say that might be risky, but you could try a strength check to catch him. You could climb up to him for sure. Do you? Did you end up with rope in your bag of holding, or did that end up in the haversack? I know you took some from Iris Hill. I think that went into the haversack. So what would we have here? We would have back door that would probably be locked. You could bash through it to try to get inside, try to get the fire, the small fire that started on the inside, damped down, and then break through the door to get to him. I think that's probably, because I, I mean, yeah, I think that's going to be my best bet. I don't think climbing up to him, I don't know that that will help me get him down. Yeah, without rope. Unless he piggybacks which, I mean, mm. I don't know, maybe. I don't know if that's more plausible than trying to, you know, fire him and catch him in my arms, uh, especially from the third floor. But he could, I mean, I you can... You very strong. I'm very strong. I can, like, what would be the appropriate? Uh, lift overhead is 230 pounds. Mm -hmm. a heavy, He's a heavy, slight man. Uh, lift off ground, 460. Drag or push, 1150. I buy it. And what, uh, are you trained in climb? Or is this just basically a straight-up strength check for you? Yeah, I just have the... It's just basically a strength check. Okay. Okay. I can see this. So, so you I'm, would, at a, I'm at a plus four right now. You that. would scamper up the side of the building. He would <laughs> climb on your back. You would scamper down. And then since we're basically focused on strength here, then, like, muscle your way through the back door and help him put out the fire while trying to stay away from the explosives on the front door. Yes. Okay. And I've got, and the bag of holding does have, like, it's either two or three winter blankets for, for oh, like, great. to, like, to, like, cover, cover, cover the flames with. From the asylum. Yes. Fun. 
Yes. So you've got stuff with you that could be used to put out fire. All right, give yourself another plus two circumstance bonus there. So yes, so I think that's the way to go. All right. Do you want to use an action point, or do you want to roll this with advantage? This uh, this is one you're entirely on your own here. And this is... So these resources are for the evening, not yeah. per event, should I wind up in a second event somehow. Correct. I'm going to do advantage. I'm going to use my advantage. So you're going to roll twice, take the higher roll. I got the plus two from Melisent. I got the additional plus one from, I forget what, perception from the, the perception. Yep. Plus eight all day. So this is one roll for all those things. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then yeah, definitely advantage. Yeah, because it's like, you know, it's like a 10-minute window, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Now, I, I hadn't quite grasped that part of it, but yes, yeah, so it's not a check for each piece. It's no, no, no. Then yes, we'll definitely do advantage uh, with this plus... Eight. <laughs> All right, here we go. That's an 18 for the first roll. Uh-huh. Which was a 10 on the uh-huh. die. That was a 13 on the die for a 21. Which is, you know, not the gangbusters I would have liked. But to be fair, he's had a rough couple of last hour or so. He's very <laughs> yeah, tired. Yes, he has. Okay, that does not get you a victory point, but it's close enough that I'm saying you managed to rescue Lank, but something about this goes badly. What do you think that is? So you scamper up the side of the building. We know you get him down. He climbs onto your shoulders. You manage to get him back down, smash your way through the back door. It's something with the fire on the inside, Mm -hmm. right? Right? I think probably the fire was more intense and closer to the door uh-huh. maybe than uh-huh. I was picturing so there was there was a lot more flame to deal with immediately when the door opened and because there was so much more flame around him it was hard to tell where the where the source was yeah and so it was hard to tell where to put the blanket and where it would do any good to try to uh, to try to damp it um, and uh, it just it just didn't it didn't find that that spot soon enough and um, I think probably some more explosion went off. I like that. So there's some property damage, there's some loss of the supplies, and grip in the process takes five points of fire damage. But we did save Lank. Now should I handle the next? I think I have to do it now. Point me in my next direction. I think so, right? Because we, uh, we want you to make your decision about what you're going to do next. Yeah, yeah that makes at sense. this moment. Yeah, I think okay, so. Okay, so... At the end of this chunk of time, you know, you're you're heading out the back door, coughing up so much smoke, but it does seem like you're leaving things here mostly under control, although, you know, Lenka's a little panicked. He's still having to work work on the fire. You step out in front of the depository and you look up and down the street. Why don't you give me let's, let's do a perception check here. He's got some smoke in his eyes. Uh, That's a 13. All right. So not knowing what's going on, what direction does he head? So the only, all I know is where everyone else, the direction everyone else went. Yes. I I know there are things happening there. I think he So it seems like maybe your thought would be like, who do you want to go bolster? Right. I think... I think Roni being on by himself mm-hmm. will move me in that direction. All right, so you're headed towards the... Towards the smokehouse, or toward, toward, in the direction of the chemical fire. Yeah. Great, awesome. All right, why don't you send Johnny in? 
Hello, Johnny. Hello. So, Roni... Let's dance. Roni takes off down the street. I assume you're running, right? I am, but this would be the part where I'd want to ask if I can, as I'm running to this place that's kind of far away, if yep. I can be mixing up one of my extracts as I go. Like with through a via an action point or normally? Normally. I would say this these distances are too far. You probably gotta like focus on the run in this kind of a span here. It's hard because the thing that I want to do is mix up uh, uh, tears to wine, which gives me a plus two bonus on all intelligence and wisdom skills. Oh, you'll so have, you'll like, have time at some point. I, yeah, but like that's one of those things I'm like, I'm like plus one, plus one D6 to one roll or plus two to every single roll. I can't pass that up. So then is that a below your action point right now to somehow like push beyond your limits, racing flat out, mixing this shit as you go or hold it on to see if you've got time later? Yeah, tough call, tough call. Tell you what, give me your con check. Let's see how fast you run. All right. 19 on the die. I am slippery like the night. Plus two. Plus, I know all the shortcuts. Literally, I'm like, go through that alley, hop over that fence. I'm going to give you a choice. Ooh. So with the plus two from having taken out the the Kuru, you've you've hit the DC 20 to get a plus two on your checks at this event. You can give that up to buy yourself time to mix that extract for yourself on the way. I'll take it. Great. I'll take it, because that's that's a plus two to every single intelligence and wisdom-based skill, so yes. I love it. So you're racing down the street. This probably also explains why you aren't able to catch up to the guy who was fleeing the depository, because you just have to like focus on, I got to get there, this is the fastest way, and also you're literally pulling chemicals out of your mm-hmm. pouch as you're making your way down mm-hmm. the streets. Uh, amazing. So, Tears to Wine is in effect. You pass the fish market you pass the sleepless building you arrive at the smokehouse and uh, as you it's before you get there you can tell that this is indeed the source of this chemical fire mm-hmm. you see out on the uh, street in front of it Lysi Brilt you will recall she was this older woman maybe a little green skinned maybe a little froggy eyed who had that army of children working for her in this in the fishery sweatshop yes Roni wasn't there but would have heard about it yeah. from Grip and Ray yeah She's out on the street, just staring up in horror. There seems to be a a controlled fire going on, but it seems to be very, very hot and issuing up an intense amount of smoke. The thing that I think, mm, yes, so Roni knowing there was a whole bunch of kids at this location, the first thing he doesn't see is sign of any kids out here on the street. Where are the kids? Oh, they're they're down in in the basement. That's, That's where the bunks are. I mean, not all the kids sleep here, but, but you know, that's all the ones that are that are there. What do I know about this building? Give me a local check. Excellent. Oh, 29. Oh, Johnny. So, for reasons we can only imagine at this point, Roni knows the inside operation of this place extremely well. Mm-hmm. He knows the layout. He knows that the the work floor for the smoking is on the first level here and that the place down in the basement that she keeps hidden from the authorities is where she does some mixing of her particular 
blend of chemical extracts. And I think you also, that check, would sort of know enough of what she's messing around with to give yourself a little uh, plus two on your event check here if it has anything to do with alchemy. So you know your way around, you know where the kids are kept, you know the fastest way down there. What sort of uh, skill are you thinking you would want to use to to take care of the situation here? My first thought is either craft alchemy to deal specifically with this fire yeah. or possibly engineering to try to figure out a, a weak spot in the building where I could get to it and like do like a smash through it to like get kids out kind of thing. Oh yeah, I buy both. So I think the alchemy check would be about getting the fire out as fast as possible, saving lives. Or or mm-hmm. or making it so that what anybody is breathing as they're moving through it isn't going to be like burning their flesh off. Uh-huh. Great. And then the engineering version would be effectively finding some weak point to What's not, the quickest yeah. quickest way to get in and then get the kids out? And let the fire kind of do f- what it's going to do for the moment. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What's your choice? Uh, I like these. I like these options. I can't. I can't do both. No. No. We're always going to make one one check for the event check, and that's going to encompass. That's going to represent what happens over this like ten minutes that you're that you're dealing with this. I mean, I've got a much higher skill check with alchemy. But I think really what he would focus on is trying to get those kids out first. Great, that's, great. That's what that's what he cares about. So we're going to go with the engineering option. Yep. All right, give yourself that plus two. You also have... Oh, you don't have anything from the identification phase because you rolled 15 on that. And you gave up your bonus from the travel phase. All right, so you have that floating plus two from taking out the Kuru and a plus two for your knowledge of the building. Do you want to use... Uh, My advantage now to save the children? Absolutely. He would absolutely blow it in a heartbeat to, like, save... I mean, what is it, like 30 kids down there? You would know that there's probably between 15 and 20 kids sleeping down there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Great. He wouldn't even think about it. Roll it up. Oh, man. All right. That is a 20... 29. Yes! <laughs> so... That is a rousing victory here that saves all of the lives. Describe how you go about it. So she says they're all downstairs and like he doesn't even stop. Like he, he says this to her as he's like running up and stuff. She says that and he literally just like as he's running like wraps his face uh-huh. so that he's not breathing in all this stuff. And uh, he takes his extract of monkey fish mm-hmm. so that he can climb and he knows that there's like a shoot, the fish go down <laughs> sure, kind of thing. Sure. So he can get down. He can get down to where they are. He knows he's like, okay, they sh- there should be right through like this wall. He's like, this is like a thin area of the wall. And literally, like, he takes the magic dagger that he has and just jams it through it, like, pops off like really shitty uh, wall siding kind of old thing. Wall like board. Fake, exactly. Yeah. Old yeah. wall board. And then kicks it through. And like there are the kids like coughing and he's like right through here. Amazing, (laughs) amazing, amazing. He's like pulling them out. Like, let's go. You lead them upstairs with a focus on saving their lives. This is going to result in, what is it? Oh, okay. Uh, A total only of one point of acid damage that you suffer as you're breathing in the fumes, which is a a pretty remarkable result given uh, the state of the building. So you save the lives and you do not focus on saving the building first of all. So there's going to be some property damage, but no lives lost. As you head out onto the street, 
coughing some of this smoke out of your lungs, you know, trying to catch your breath. You're at a place where you've got a pretty good view of the town and what's going on. There are some people starting to gather nearby, attracted by the flames at this house. So as, as I would I would say, as you're trying to get your footing on figuring out what else is going on around here, we can use a perception check, we could use a diplomacy check to try to talk to the crowd, or any other ideas you have based on what's around you right now. Well, here's a question. In terms of this building, how important is this to the town in terms of like food supply, stuff like that? It's it is very important, and like so, let's assume as as the wrap up of this ten minute period is happening, there is damage to the building, but some of these people gathered on the street are turning to help Lysi get the fire out. So you can leave feeling like kids are safe. They're going to get this under control. I can keep my eye on this as I'm doing other stuff to see if it indeed at some point goes out. He's like, what else is what else, What else is about to happen? He's yes. keeping his eye out for what's the next thing. Yeah. This is where the paranoia is kicking in. There we go. So let's 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 lean on per- perception here. All right. That's I, I feel like that's... Oh, wait a minute. I wonder if there's anything... I don't know Mellison, but I'm trying to in this moment like think like Mellison would think of like, what would I be doing to try to screw over the town? Kind of in line of a question you just sort of asked, how much of a damage would this be to the town overall? Yeah, that's what that's what he's thinking. He's like- Give me a local check. Like what's gonna, what's gonna hurt the heart? What's gonna hurt the most? Oh, <laughs> 33. <laughs> okay, I think Roni's- That was a natural 20. Nice. So Roni's... He's doing the math on if I was going to take out this town. How would I hurt this town? How would I hurt this town? I love it. I love it. You would either... And you're thinking like, okay, if they're going to burn shit down, you would burn down the new chapel, the heart of Phrasma worship in town, or you'd probably burn down the sleepless agency where kind of everybody is using as a hub for information and resources. I mean, I could see the new chapel from here and I could see like the sleepless building. You see torches over by the sleepless building. The new chapel is on the other side of this bridge. You don't see any anything visible at the new chapel. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't care about Phrasma that much. That's not his. Okay. I think I think that he would go for the sleepless agency just in terms of they are a bigger draw for the economy of this place. There we go. Than anything else, and also he's like those are those are kind of my people. Yeah. So. Johnny, you will carry with you from that identification phase check a plus three on your check in the next event. Why don't you send in Polly and Katie? Do I have victory points to keep track of? I think, actually, you don't get to tabulate them because you can't know how well we're doing. <laughs> I know. I, I, I didn't think clearly I'll when I said that thing. Out. <laughs> I will not be tracking Fine. Okay, Dabwick and Dora. Dabwick, from that amazing check in the identification phase, yeah. give yourself a plus four circumstance bonus to any check you make here. What do I get for my 13 natural one? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> so that's on top of that plus two? Yep. Okay, yeah. great. This is, all gonna, this is all going to stack. So the two of you hoof it 
up that hill. I assume you want to try to make a sprint of it? Yes, we're hoofing. Hoofing it. All right, give me me constitution checks. Unless you're scared that you'll get five or lower. (laughs) I look at Katie. I did not get five or lower. All right. Did you get 20? No. Okay. (laughs) But it's worth trying. Hey, let me have this. Middle-aged lady is hoofing it up the hill. I did not get five or lower. Did you get 20 or higher? Did you get 20 or higher? No. Okay. All right. So the two of you hoof it up the hill, landing there a little out of breath to find the three-story massive silver wagon inn with its roof on fire. And there are guests sort of streaming out the front. And you have a situation here of kind of, yes, it's like it is mob panic of some people are trying to run, some people are trying to help, some people are ill-advisedly trying to help. Some people are trying to force other people to help. Some people are trying to force other people to run away, all while this building is on fire. And you can see the owner of the place, uh, Dina, running around in her bonnet, just like freaking out. Okay. So... Uh, I think I should go with to I should go to Dina and and work on getting this fire out. And will you help with the people? Yes. Great, great, great. So, how do you want to help with the fire there? Um, two ideas yeah. I have is to um, send some air elementals to harry the the um, the archers the, on the gatehouse. The archers on the gatehouse to keep them to, to get them to stop firing the fiery arrows at us. What's their movement speed? Hundred feet. Would it be better to summon water elementals to try to put out the fire? Well, that was the other thing. Is oh. can I get some water elementals up on top of the roof oh. to put out the fire? One hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Let's do that. All right. That's what Dabwick wants to do. So you have the requisite summon nature's ally available. When the last time I cast summon nature's ally, I used an action point to re- to retain that's, it. That's right, Paul. That's a victory point right there. Don't even make a roll. The water elementals. The elementals from the plane of water can put out the fire. So while Dabwick is focused on that, what's okay. Dora doing? So then there's gonna be there's all sorts of panic. So Dora first wants to try to find uh, to identify someone who is rational and tactical. Uh, and not freaking out. Yes, sure. You see a Doesn't seem like it's Dina. No, but. no. You see a very stoic and severe-looking dwarven woman. Excellent. Uh, she's wearing an apron like maybe she might work around a forge. Maybe she works with, with Cleta. Uh, she's sort of eyeing the situation, tr- clearly trying to figure out what to do, right. but not freaking okay. out. Okay, so then Dora would like to use diplomacy uh-huh. to uh, uh, herd people to this woman. Rosa, daughter Rosa, of Goethe. And to, to um, let Rosa sort of invite Rosa to take charge of people and give them things to do. Empower Rosa yes. to be the leader here. Yes, and encourage that among everyone else. Great, great, great. So you're going to go on diplomacy. Yep. Give me that check. Do you want to use to roll with advantage? I do not. Just 24. 24. Do you wish to use an action point? Let me see how many I have. Uh, no, this would be the one per skill challenge. No. Success. Oh. A second victory point. As you heard, all of these people towards Rosa empower this stoic forge daughter to take charge of the situation and get all of these idiots under control. Yeah, and note to Rosa, like, 
More are coming. A bucket brigade at this point would be a good thing to organize so you're ready to mobilize should more arrows hit more roofs. I love it. Though I'm sure you've thought of it already. (laughs) Of course. Of course. So, that is fast enough. I think we're looking at no excessive property damage. Like, the roof was gone anyways, right? But no no loss of... um, of guest rooms inside the place, and only the loss of the single life that had already been lost. Someone was up uh, in the attic up there, but no additional lives lost. Now, uh, as Dabwick turns their eyes away from the roof of the building with their water elementals popping out of existence, seeing that Dora has got this crowd sort of under control, you cast your eyes down into town. Now, how do you want to figure out what's going on next? I think in this case right now, there's no, there's no, I'm not going to hand you anything. Nothing is right. obviously visibly happening, so we could use a perception check. We could conceivably, because you're in a place with a lot of people, yeah, ask. ask if anybody's yeah. heard about any shit going down. So a diplomacy? Yeah, yeah or any idea that and you may I'll have. do a, I'll do a perception check, because I still have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great, great. So, so roll them up, both. It's a 34 perception check. <laughs> I, I actually, I accidentally hit it twice, so you'll see it twice in there, but the first one is a 27. Dabs, you catch sight with your with your highly sharpened, magically honed halfling eyes. You do catch sight of what appears to be some gathering torchlight near this sleepless agency. Mm. Looks very much like a mob and pitchfork situation going on down there. Dora, as you're asking around, you pick up word of, so like people are kind of running up here from all directions. Yeah, they're gathering. They're gathering in this location and you catch a couple of mentions from folks who came basically from kind of the builder's hall direction, Mm -hmm. the, the high mart direction that there was uh, some weird, strangely bloated dude that nobody recognized that was making his way through the streets and sort of general consensus seemed like heading, as you put these rumors together, maybe heading towards the new chapel. Okay. So it looks like our next two targets are are the new chapel and the sleepless agency. Sleepless agency is on the way to the new chapel. Got to pick one. So let's do sleepless. I, I agree. This bloated person seems... I, I don't know if you should see that person by yourself. Um, no. Uh, and it seems like calming people down with pitchforks is really up my alley. True. Let's go! So, from those <laughs> identification checks, Paul, plus three on your next event check. Katie, mm-hmm. plus two on your next one for Dora. What we can now do is ask both Robert and Johnny to enter because you all went to the same place. <laughs> wow. Okay. No, that's, that's, that's bad. Oh. One event is now happening without you. Oh, oh shit. shit. First scenario, done. Done. First scenario had three events. We're in the second scenario now. Two events. And all of us show up at one, meaning that the other event is happening without any... Oh, that's the part that I didn't even think about. Was I know. That anybody that's would be like, literally, I was like, oh, everyone has a choice of two. and But my thought was that everybody has a choice of two different ones near them, not the same two. And this is the piece that I think having you all not be together yeah. really adds that actual element yeah. of chaos. You got to follow your character's gut. And that may sometimes 
get you all yeah. to the sleepless right. building. But of course, now you all are in one place, so you you have the benefit of making your next round of decisions together. So yeah. maybe that actually yeah. helps. So we arrive at the sleepless building, and uh, a, a situation very similar to what you ran into outside of Lelwyn's house is going on here. There is a a large group of 15 to 20 men riled up with torches outside the sleepless agency, bashing against the doors and trying to get in. Sort of at the windows, you can see that it does look like Allard, Lucky J, Shevin, and Meg are in the place, and they've got themselves sealed in right now. But as you arrive, the situation does look like it is getting out of control. How do you think you want to handle this situation? Roni would probably pull his alchemical torch and fire it into the air. Okay. To get Mm -hmm. everybody's attention. (laughs) Okay, great. So we start off with a shot of gunfire into the air, terrifying and stopping everybody. What are we all doing in the aftermath? Katie's arms are in here. Please! What's happening? We can help. I don't know if I can cast a, if I can use an ability here. What kind of ability do you want to use? Detect thoughts. Mm. I want to kind of find out what the impression of what's going on is, what they think is in the sleepless agency and why they're here. Yes, you can blow that spell if you wish to. It's my (laughs) daily ability. Yes, absolutely. So as you ask that question and you cast that spell, drifting your fingers through the brains of this crowd, you come up pretty quickly with the notion that they believe that these four killed Cassadia and are somehow the actual masterminds of all the shenanigans going down. Because it seems like, I mean, fires, explosions, this seems like roguey bullshit. Clearly coming from Iris Hill. Not to the people right here. Yeah. That is is something that seems to be, oh, you got detect thoughts going, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, fun. We're using magic. So you do get, you pick up from enough of these brains as you're, as you're sort of studying the crowd here, yeah. the image of the same two extremely well-dressed yeah. southern Dialing types having run into people on the street and uh, saying just the right thing at the right time to get them to, you know, to, they incepted this yep. idea. So a couple of the cultists in Mellison's employ incepted this gang with the idea that if they can just take down the people inside the Sleepless Agency, they're going to save the town. They think of themselves as heroes. They think they are yes. actually doing good here. So Dora will play upon that of, of like, your enthusiasm is <laughs> admirable, but... These people are, you know, and she will say what she knows of them. They they investigate crimes. They're not here to hurt anyone. They could have. They've been here for years. You know, she'll spin all her. They have been actively taking care yes. of people. Yes. They've been helping coordinate relief efforts and stuff. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff. Great. All that. So we'll say Dora, with her diplomacy check, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. is going to focus on this cluster of people that whose minds she has detected. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and give yourself a plus five on your roll when you make it. What about That's Gripper? In addition to. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's only one thing Grip can do yeah. in this case, and that's intimidate. Mm-hmm. Tell them to listen to me. But I think, you know, there's also the, like, who's the baddest motherfucker here? Right. And sort of like you eyed out at, in the last scenario. I think you can see right. who e- the troublemakers and, are. And, and even if I can't read thoughts, I can pick up on 
what they think the issue is, right? That yeah. they that, that where they're throwing the blame. So I think he would, as best he can, he would put himself in front of the door, yeah. the front door, yeah. and and reiterate. You know, I don't just say the, the the problem is coming from up on fucking Iris Hill. They're trying to kill all of you. And if anyone wants to try to hurt anyone in this building, you're coming through your fucking constable. <laughs> Boom. What's uh, what's Roni doing? Roni <laughs> Roni wants to uh, make a knowledge local check. Okay. To see if he recognizes any of these would be heroes or troublemakers, so that he can call them out as individuals. Nice. Okay. Or, or if he if he is aware of anything that the sleepless agency might have done directly for any of these people or people that they are connected to, so that he can so that he can go, oh yeah, you're worried about these guys. These are the guys that did this for your sister, or these are the guys that did this for you know your mother-in-law when she nice. had this going on. You know who lives next door? They took the kids in until they found a place for them to stay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that. So that'd be local. Yeah. Great. And what about dabs? This is a whole bunch of larger folk uh, screaming and hollering and waving torches. And uh, these three, you know, have been in and amongst them a lot and seem to know, like, exactly what to do. They've actually been through a scenario very much like this already. But you have not been caught up in a mob action yet like this here. I think it, it fits to continue this trend of, like, using the perception to to size up what's going on and see to really aid in how my friends are handling this. Like they are taking control of the crowd. They're looking for, what did you call them? The rabble rousers, <laughs> the, the cultists. Maybe um, maybe doing a, a, a perception check to try and perceive who's, who's not agitated. Who are the calm people in the, in the crowd who seem to be aware of what's happening? Like did they incept and leave or did they incept and wait to see what happens? Yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe a sense motive? Let's do yeah. that. Let's do that. I like that a lot. All right. So, does everybody know their bonuses that they are adding? Yes. Yep. Do, do I just have the blanket plus two? That's all you got. Yeah. yeah I know you biffed that last one. <laughs> Oops. Let's start with Gripper and the Intimidate checked. Boom, ba doom, boom. And you have already used your advantage roll, so you don't have that option. <laughs> Bloody. Uh, that's a 30. <laughs> on my in- uh, yes. uh, yeah, 30. Boom. Success. Let's you don't go. Don't need any bonuses. <laughs> Let's go to Dora. All right. Thirty-six. <laughs> yes. Rousing success. Holy crap. <laughs> Roni. Thirty-seven. Oh my God! What the hell? <laughs> Rousing success and sense motor from Dabs. Do you want? Oh, you've already rolled, so you can't use your advantage roll. Do you want to throw your action point on this one? Or you want to hang on to that? I'm just going to hang on to it. It's a fifteen. Okay. So you know. You guys are doing great. <laughs> you should have gone to bloated guy. I should have gone to bloated guy. Uh, 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 uh. So that is a total of three victory points. That means here, no deaths. So as we picture the closing of this scene, this combination of stopping the crowd, reaching out to the people who can be talked to, threatening the people who uh, need to be threatened, <laughs> and then doing a, lo- a very quick laundry list of, they did this for you, they did that for you, they did this for you. You can sort of see this this cloud of inception, nation, sort of melting <laughs> off of this group. And those, I mean, those roles were very resounding. You got a gag... They'll tell others. You got a gaggle of people here who are they're useful to you in this now, moment. So right. were, were there those c- 
cultists in that group? No, sign. We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Do we now see anything happening to the church <laughs> far away? Is there another like big blast of smoke coming from that area? You do not smell smoke. Okay. And you do not see fire. Okay. So that's something. Just for shits and giggles, let's giggle and shit. Give me a perception check. If anybody beats 30, I will tell you something. I got half a 30. 24. <laughs> 31. Dabs. Oh. Clutch. Maybe that's why you got distracted. Yeah. You hear, mm. as this is going on, what sounds like a distant building collapse. No sounds of explosion, no sight of fire, but you hear some sort of structural creaking and groaning of some large building, perhaps, going through an event. That's the end of the second scenario. We are all together as the third scenario begins. Let me see. So that bonus is gone from the last one now. Yes. So everything's wiped clean. Okay. All you have is the floating plus two for being awesome. Okay. Just remember, if, if two of us end up together to go to different places on the next choice. Yeah, that seems like the lesson learned, right? Yeah. Okay, in the hush here, as we've got this crowd quieted down, and Allard and Lucky Jay and Shevin and Meg pop out to thank you for your help and start you know, talking to these folks and uh, getting things more organized here, kind of taking control of this situation in a way they would have required Cassadia and no longer have. We, we've got the option here to Look around, see what we see, make a perception check. This is the identification phase. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of people here to use diplomacy to ask for rumors. I would also take a profession ratter check from Dabwick. Nice. And um, uh, um, this could be a profession ratter or dungeoneering check. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can totally do dungeoneering. All right. So uh, what do you want to do, Gripper? I mean, I think I just got to give perception my best shot. All right. Give it a shot. Uh, the second 15 in a row for my perception check. That is what you need. Oh, oh hey. Dora, you're making a diplomacy check. Yeah. Remember, the, the DCs in the identification phase are lower. Right, right. We're, we're, not, we're, trying to, we're not trying to screw you out of figuring out what's going on. 29. Which check are you making, Polly? I'm going to make the ratter. Yeah. Profession ratter check. You know, it's the same bonus as my knowledge engineering check. But so, fun to use it. But it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 26. Oh, wow. And Roni, what you going to go with? 23. Dungeoneering. Dungeoneering. Okay. Dora, as she's talking with folks at the end of this previous scenario here, does catch a few folks mentioning that there was someone skulking around down by the fish market. Looks like maybe they had been hiding there. They seem to be up to no good. Hearing that... Grip casts his eyes in that direction and does see some weird lights moving around. As oh, though no. maybe there were some loose will-o'-wisps <laughs> down by the fish market. Glowing gel has been smashed! Meanwhile, Dabwick catches sight of some rats moving very specifically down towards the lake, which strikes Dabwick as odd, calls Roni's attention to it. The two of you put your heads together, and you are observing the behavior of animals fleeing from some sort of supernatural creature. Like they're in a state of panic, 
and they are fleeing something maybe like undead or something. Something that might cause panic in animals. And they are fleeing from the direction of the High Mart, which is basically right around the curve of Gladiolus Hill. So neither of these, actually both locations are quite close. Fish Market is just a short jaunt. High Mart is still not more than halfway across town. So who wants to head where? Who wants aberrations and who wants undead? (laughs) Oh, you know what? I don't think we've made a check on Will-O-Wisps, other than to identify that that's what they are. So I can take... all right. We sort of we made a check. At, I think fifth at fifth level, and like we went, okay, that's what that is. I can take a engineering check. Ooh. Twenty-seven. <laughs> that beats mine. So you know that these very evil creatures, although they appear to be balls of light, they are air creatures and do have substance. So they're not incorporeal. Phew. However, they feed on the fear and dying of their victims. They make attacks with electricity rays. They are naturally invisible anytime they want to be, and they're immune to all spells and spell-like abilities except for magic missile. So these are very difficult creatures for a party of your level to tackle, except that... You actually, coincidentally, you have someone that can see invisible creatures. You have someone that can cast magic missile and is has good resistance to electricity. You've got some advantages against these particular creatures. Sounds like sounds like Roni and Dora should go to Willow Wisp Lamb. Yeah, I, I'm I'm <laughs> gonna say I'm gonna say since our uh, DM was being generous to us that we should listen. I don't know that I was necessarily arguing. You both have to go, but I would say you'd probably eye each other and go. Maybe at least one of us should help. Yeah, out with that. I mean. It might be that the combination of sea invisibility and <laughs> magic missile is the key, and yeah. and you can still hit undead things. Yeah, blud- bludgeon the hell out of them. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But assuming we know what we're running into, oh, we don't. But I, I, I <laughs> do I, either of you have knowledge religion? <laughs> no, no, no. But but thank you for asking. But no, good no, question. Either. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't, I think that's a hole in her. Put yourself back in that space of, like, shit's going down. Yeah. What's your gut telling you of where you'd want to go? I think Grip's gut would be um, go away from the Will-O-Wisps. Got it. Okay. So head up the hill. Follow the retreat of the rats. Yes. Y- yeah, and that's where Dabwick would go as well. Okay. It's you and me, bud. All right. All right. Do we get a bonus? Yes. From our oh, yeah. Notate these bonuses for the third scenario. Dora will get a plus two. Dabwick will get a plus two. Roni will get a plus one. (laughs) I got a rock. All right. Why don't we start? Why don't we start with the Will-O-Wisp? Oh, I'm scared of this one. Is there time to uh, do up another uh, extract? This one's super close. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Then I will fill out my final extract of the day. What are you going to take? Heightened awareness. Plus two competence bonus on perception checks and all knowledge checks that you're trained in. Ooh. That seems like a useful wow. thing. Yeah, adding that to tears to wine. That's uh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So Dora and Roni decide to hoof it down to the fish market, which is not too long away, just kind of down the street and around the bend. Roni on the way again. <laughs> 
mixing up alchemical extracts as he's running. Oh, why don't you give me those uh, con checks? Let's see if we get a little bonus for some speed here. 13. All right. 13. All right. So we make it there in the expected amount of time. No bonus or penalty. Two find, indeed, glowing Jill smashed, and three hovering, <laughs> oscillating between blue and green light will-o'-wisps, little balls of light, blasting rays of electricity down onto... Gosh, it was so long ago. Remember the sore-covered flea-bitten doomsayer who freaked out yes. on Ray like a yeah. thousand chapters yes. ago. He is he used lying. like that really creepy spell on him and like made him run away. <laughs> oh, like yeah, that like creepy whisper or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's this is that guy, just like absolutely wallowing in the mud, screaming in pain as these three creatures are blasting down. And knowing what Ronin knows about this, like this, this fear, this pain that they're causing is what these things are feeding on. So they're at the moment, they're remaining visible and they're pulling their punches. They're like just hitting him hard enough to hurt him, but they're not unleashing because they want him alive to feed on his pain. So at the moment, as you're sort of like booking around the corner there and you see this going, on. You see these three will-o'-wisps harassing him. You do know, Roni, if they stop being able to feed on a certain target, they're probably going to start spreading their way out through town. Now, this is not going to be a combat situation. Again, we're going to focus on a skill check here, but this is one where skills, abilities, or spells, or whatever, could be used to grant you a big old bonus to your event check if you can come up with those particular kind of things. So we know Katie's got some electricity resistance. Depending on what we want Dora to do, that could come into play. We know that Roni can see them if they go invisible. That could certainly give you an advantage depending on what you want to do. We know that Magic Missile can hurt them if we decide that maybe we want to intimidate them or scare them away to disperse them. What are you all thinking here? I'm, I know that this occult skill unlock does not work this way. Oh, what are you thinking? But I would like to remove the fear. I would like to remove, remove its food source by attempting to implant a suggestion using like quickened hypnotism to at least just get him out of there so they'll stop feeding on him. But I guess if they just get bored and go off and kill other people. But other people are mobilized and getting inside and, and doing things. They might be harder pressed to find victims. I but it's the fear they're feeding on. And I would like to implant the suggestion of this is a dream. This isn't happening. This is, there is nothing to be afraid of. These are caresses. You know, like I would like to find some way to Mm-hmm. Use that daily use. To I think if we tease, it's this also a diplomacy check, by right. the way. That hip- hypnotism, so it's all sort of. If we can tease out a story we like with this, I would say you got to blow your action point okay. to effectively Quicken use it. this in a way that it wasn't really yep. intended. But I think we can we can turn that into a story here. What are you thinking, Johnny? I'm trying to think if there's any way that I can point them like a weapon at Iris Hill <laughs> and go. You think <laughs> that this so wretch is going to be good? F- good feeding oh no 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 you want something juicy we already took out they're they're depleted they're desperate and the you want you want something good to feed on that you could feed on for a while i got i got a place for you to feast these are these are dregs (laughs) right here but right up that hill that's where you want to go you are aware that they have intelligence yeah and they do speak languages yeah Okay, so you're thinking 
what what skill check are you thinking here? Is this a bluff check? Is this a? It's not quite a bluff. Is it? Well, no. Well, I mean, I guess because you don't know specifically what's happening there. But I would like to make a, an argument that it is not a diplomacy or bluff check, uh-huh. but in fact, a dungeoneering check because I understand what it is that they're after. I'm gonna leverage your knowledge of what they desire. What and they we're desire. Gonna starve them of what he, they've got right now. We strip them of the food here. Oh. We provide them a juicy target. Mm-hmm. Up there, that you can you, you can see the see ones it. firing the arrows. They're the ones causing all of this. You know why? Because they're scared. Because yeah. we just took out half their forces. Yeah. So, Katie, you're going to use an action point yep. of Dora's, uh, your your skill challenge action point to quicken this use of hypnotism, and that goes with a diplomacy check. Is that right? Yep. So why don't you give me that roll? You've got your floating plus two, and then the plus two for this particular event. 26. Victory point for you. And Johnny, what about Roni here? All right, let's get this dungeoneering. Come on. Come on, buddy. And add one from the identification phase. Oh, that's a terrible roll. Have you used your action point yet? Do you want to try to add it on? No, I did use my action point. Remember, I used it to to be able to do the thing. You did, you did. So I got a total of 19. Can't you use your uh, investigator inspiration? Do you have any? It's already already used on this automatically. So something something here doesn't go Roni's way, it sounds like. Yeah. This this plan succeeds. We got a victory point off of it. We do know, I'll tell you right now, like they're going to head off in that direction but something about this argument they catch a weakness in or something what do, what do you think is, happens with Roni as he's facing off with these glowing balls of light I mean it's got to be like the paranoia again like something about mm. m- something about mm. me seems like oh you're it's not, not right. you're not a, a valid source of information <laughs> oh fascinating <laughs> then I'm picturing in my head the moment goes off like a charm. We we calm down, rob the fear out of the doomsayer on the ground. Head up there. That's where all the food is. And you see them go. And I think we'll leave the characters believing <laughs> complete success, but we'll know as players, maybe that that's not going to get them all the way up the hill because they're going to be like, hang on a second, that guy, something about that argument. That guy didn't seem quite right. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Okay, let's see. The next identification phase. Okay, so we're wiping away all bonuses we have earned so far, except for the floating plus two. This uh, doomsayer, and you and you would have, over the course of your time here, <laughs> learned what his name is since he's such a fixture in town, Elgrior Nazmith. That's a great name. And he's 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 getting to his feet, and he oh the doom was upon me. Oh, wait. I know you. He's pointing a finger at Roni. Seems scared of him and then turns to you, Dora. The person who recognizes her. No, no, the person, he doesn't know who just removed this fear from him. So he crawls to you. I'm going to just go ahead and suggest you make a diplomacy check for this identification phase. Because I think this is what this story would be here. 27. Okay, great. He starts, he's, he's kind of rambling, but you pull out, as the two of you are, you know, maybe Roni's watching the will-o'-wisps go, and, and you're, you're down on the ground with him trying to comfort him and calm him down, and you, you pull out of his rambles. He, he keeps pointing down at the other end of the building, 
on the west side of the fish market, there is one of the eight public wells in town. And you pull, you start to pull a little story out of his ramblings that he he saw some some guy in fancy clothes running by, dumping a packet in the well. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but ran by the well, threw it in there, and went on his way. Ah, ah. He, then he, you know, he scrambles to his feet. You can easily point him. There are now people gathered yeah, kind to, of to, either to way up the street group. to a group of people to watch after him. Mm-hmm. So Roni is, as he's, you know, looking back down here and rejoining the scene here, he's heard that somebody has dumped something into this nearby well. I think you got some options of skill checks you might yeah. use for your identification ch- check here. I mean, that feels like an alchemical, like right. knowledge alchemy, or my other thought would be, yeah. again, like knowledge local of like where are the different wells mm. and... Mm. I love that, I love that, I love that. Yeah, because like you're not, you're not quite at the well yet to identify any substance, but I love this idea of racking your understanding of the layout of town. Give me that check. All right. That is a 26. You guys are rocking this. So for the next event, both of you are going to get a plus two on your event check. So Roni knows where all the wells in town are. I'm going to pop them on the map for you. Okay. There's one up by the Silver Wagon, kind of between Silver Wagon and Builder's Hall kind of near Centelar Rui's yep. place, the bottom of the hill fort hill, cars, hill course is on. There is one in the high mart that I already put there. You can see the green X there. There's one down in the dwarven quarter of town, kind of right outside Binter's Smithy. Boom. See that? Yep. There is one down in Farmer's Square, where most of the halflings live in town. Heading down, there is one on the east end of the East Island. Past the new chapel, but not quite as far as the Whaling House. See that one there? Yep. Go all the way across town, back near the Book Lairs. There's one down in that neighborhood near Pier 19. One by the Fish Market. And then one kind of near where you were having that fight with the Kuru in that cluster of houses near the Stain. So with that huge knowledge local check, yeah, I think, Johnny, Roni's going to know... God, I just love pondering why this guy would have this in his mind palace. He knows that those two out on the islands, kind of the one near the book layer and the one near the whaling house, they draw their water directly from the lake. They're unlikely to be connected to anything else, and they're sort of likely to be continuously refreshed. Wouldn't be too immediately concerned about that. Mm -hmm. But he does know that... The rest of the wells in town make use of a system of basically two small underground rivers, kind of like the one that Dabs took to sneak into the fort. That the one by the silver wagon would feed down to the fish market and the stain, and that the one by the high mart would feed down to the dwarven area and the halfling area. And that if somebody was dumping something kind of near the end of one of these runs, he might feel like, "Uh, I don't know how effective that would be. That might just spill out into the lake. Like if they're trying to do something to the water supply Mm -hmm. here, 
But Roni would be thinking, if I wanted to cause, <laughs> this is the way he's thinking, right? If I wanted to hurt as many people by throwing something in this water supply. If I was going to sabotage everything, what would I do? I would focus on the wells kind of near the silver wagon and the well in the uh-huh. high mart. So is that our choice? So this this event is a little loosier goosier in okay. that there's not one thing happening at one place. You have become aware of a poisoning in the well system. I think what we're going to do here is let's decide do the two of you want to stick together to solve this or do the two of you want to split up and go to different wells to try to tackle this? You've kind of you've got like a certain advantage here in I don't know how useful I'm going to be on this other I mean literally even just letting people know that like it's yeah, that it's yeah, that the wells are poisoned. That. It might take uh, X number of days for them to clear out again. Could I do that? Could I go around to where I know these groups are and pass that word? Mm. As you're going by, Some like diplomacy? every group that you hit. Also, like, maybe just watch out for Will of the Wisps. So this chimney chunk, you're like making yeah. a quick circuit through the areas closest to these wells and where they spill down to, letting everybody know yeah. something might be going on. We don't know yet. Wait for word. Something yeah. like that. Don't yeah. drink. Don't drink the water right now. Like from that. those, ro- from I like those that. wells. I like yeah. that. And what do you think Roni would do here? I think he'd probably try to get a sample, and see what he could do to get it clean. Yeah. Yeah. Craft alchemy. Yeah. So like he would Sweet. he would be like, all right, I'm gonna like, how quickly can we get the wells clean again so yep. that it's not gonna like totally screw the town? I love and that. are there people in town who can help like, with that? Like sure, maybe like, part of my diplomacy is finding people who are who might be able to uh, well no I I know who like the other alchemists in town are yeah right but they're on the ship yeah but that doesn't mean that their stuff is you know where Central Arui's house is for sure I know exactly and it's so, actually not too far from the well near the silver wagon yeah so I mean I think I think that's what I would be doing is going yeah. like I would mm-hmm. be getting a sample and then I'd literally be going and kicking in the door to it, to their house and and going what can I do to be dropping into these wells to counter it to counter it Let's go ahead and make our event checks right now. Okay. Yeah, because you, I mean, you're no off reason, on your own. Yeah, doing there's them. no reason why we would be doing anything else. Yeah, just be exactly. All right, so both of you have an additional plus two for this event. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, why don't you give me that uh, diplomacy check? Twenty-six. <laughs> Victory point for Dora and for Roni. <laughs> Is that a good or a bad one? That's a forty. Oh, 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 oh. That feels like a critical success. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. This, this, yes. I mean, that's not kind of not built into this, but here's here's what the story is. I think you you haul ass up to the silver wagon well, and I think probably the two of you start together, yeah. right? Because that's where Dora's going to lag behind. And... Yeah, and then you'll head on your way from from out there, mm-hmm. and then Roni gathers around the well there, yep. and he takes samples of the water. He gets his kit out, and he's just like. If I were to fucking do this, this is exactly what I'd do. It's a fast-working alchemical poison that if people drink it within a short time span of it being dropped in, it will kill them. Otherwise, it will spread out through the supply over days and days and make people a lot of a lot of people very, very, very sick. I think with that check, that's telling me you actually know how to and have the equipment to actually dilute the poison. <laughs> in this particular well, thus saving this whole side of town from even having to worry about the, their water for the next couple of days. Good job. Um, we will run the fifth scenario with each of you individually after I do the previous scenario with the other two fellows. So let's, okay. let's send them in. Who do you want? Both of them. 
We should send both of them in, please. Thank you. Gripper and the Dabs, everybody's favorite duo, hustles <laughs> around Gladiolus Hill and up the slight incline into the Highmart area, which is this ring of shops, some of the higher-end shops in town. Mm-hmm. And the setup is sort of like open square, shops ringing it. Most of these business owners have their living quarters on the second story of the shop. And as, you are, as you're heading towards that area, you're probably seeing signs of fewer of these households having decided to join the Selen Starling exodus because maybe all these people are like, I can't leave all of my goods behind, sure. right? Okay. So it's their home. It's also where their business is. There's a lot of people up here. And as you're making your way up the hill, you come out into this courtyard. You stumble into a, pretty much a scene of, of chaos here. And this is not like mob action like you saw down at the Sleepless Building. This is people running, knocking on doors, and looking up to the skies. And you are easily able to catch word that there has been sighted what appears to be half of a woman with giant bat wings. Uh Uh-oh. Uh, you see some smashed windows, and people are talking about, oh my god, there's this floating head that is like banged in through windows and is trying to feast on people. So you've walked into this situation where the Penangolin and the Menanangal are attempting to feed on the, those that remained here in the High Mart. So you've got a lot of people, a lot of targets for them, but you also have a lot of possibilities of people to use if you want. You know that the creatures are floating around here. As you first arrive, you probably catch sight of like, oh, there goes the head around the corner. But again, since we're in this more skill challenge area, we're not going to worry about round by round combat situation here. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what of your skills or abilities you might use in the situation to try to get control of it. Whether it's get people to safety, take try to take them down or scare them off, that kind of thing. Uh, it's a tricky one. This is an interesting combo of folks here for this one. What are you all thinking? I, I mean, I think the only thing Grip can start with is to, to try to exert control. Mm-hmm. And, and use, use his presence and his reputation to try to corral people and, I don't know, maybe with Dab's help, scout out a place, a windowless, uh, get them underground maybe. Yes. Um, away from windows, away from places they can easily fly into. Take the targets away from the vampires. Yes. Got it, got it, got it. Dabway could take the shape of a small child again that's been working in our uh, duo um, and uh, to to try to help convince that with the, the constable here, we're wanting to direct them to safety. D- that be diplomacy? Maybe a diplomacy check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if things are chaotic, then I think a, a kind, e- even if you're not in a child form, if you're a halfling, that's going to be. I think you will have a harder time getting people's attention initially. So maybe, and and some sort of forceful intimidation at the beginning to try to get people's notice, and then. Speaking of forceful intimidation, this just would grips first impulse be to hide from an enemy or to take the fight to the enemy knowing that we're not we're not going to we're not going to do a one-on-one fight here well i think i mean i think his natural inclination is if if it's just himself is yeah. to 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 take the fight to the enemy but 
he eyes this crowd and he's thinking about them? Well, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that that's what we have set ourselves as the task tonight, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. Because also, I'm fucking spent. You know, I got some hit points back, but it's still, you know... You do notice we've Dabwick, seen that some he, horror. He has uh, he has the signs of burns. He's been in a fire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah Dabwick's not so able to I, I be think, in a fight either. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think I think I recognize that one of them. Well, maybe fuck one of them, but both of them around. I don't think he feels like he could take both of them on. It's above our pay grade right now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think both of them at the same time would be a problem for all four of us. Honestly. Yeah. If what they want to do is wreak havoc because of what we did to them, then let's take away their ability to wreak the havoc yeah. um, and and try to keep... I, I think he's looking more in terms of what's going to... I can continue... I can save people. Yes, that's all fucking great. But taking away this ability from Melison and her, her cadre will, will anger her, and mm-hmm. he likes the idea of that. What about... I got, a, I got an idea, Paul. Do you mind a little suggestion? Please, please. I would like one. If the idea is use the force of Grip's presence to focus this crowd, let's get you all hidden. Let's find a bolt hole. Maybe it's about using your stealth while Grip is corralling the crowd to find the best place to hide these people. Sure. Like you're sneaking around the outside. You're keeping your eye on the sky. Where are these things going? Where are they not seeming to be looking? Oh, maybe there's like... There's like a below-ground door you see that can lead people into a basement to get people hidden. Great. Love it. Dabs, you're carrying a plus two. <laughs> Gripper always gets a 15. So no bonus for Gripper. Let's start with that Intimidate check. And you, what What have your... You, you've used your advantage. Have you used your... I have not used my action point. Okay, so that's available to you if you want it. Okay. Intimidate. Come on. Boom. Come on. Mm-hmm. 17. You have had such a night of rolls. The gripper is exhausted. <laughs> All right, let's see what Dabs gets. All right, so I'm going to roll a stealth check. Mm-hmm. It'll be a uh, 29. Okay, so let's figure out what this story looks like. We know that Dabs finds an excellent place to hide the folks, but Grip is... He's just struggling. Could he seeing so if he's if he's seeing that he's just not getting their attention. Yeah. Can he then paint a target on himself somehow to allow them the chance to get to what Dabs has found? I'm gonna offer you a devil's bargain. Okay. So we're talking literally throwing yourself in front of these vampires, offering yourself as a target in order to save some other lives. So this is gonna result in some damage and some con damage in exchange for six lives. Okay, then yeah, I'll take that bargain. Amazing. So the scene here then is Grip is out there you know, hollering at people while Dabs is finding this this bolt hole to hide in, sending the crew in the direction as then the Manangal, this like torso of a woman, huge fucking claws and teeth, 12 foot wide bat wings oh swoops out of the sky. And I think he just, Grip just sees, like he sees that he's got, just listen to me, get the fucking, the, follow the half one, and no one's listening to him. And finally he just is like, 
fuck it. And he, he waits and then he sees it fly in and is just like, well, come get a big fucking bite then, you bitch. And she does. Oh, 11 points of damage. Mm-hmm. One point of con- con- constitution damage. And, oh, only one life is lost in the High Mart tonight versus seven. All right. Well done, y'all. Now, we're going to move right on to the identification phase of... Does, did we get victory points? We got one victory point for Dabwick. Yeah, so you only get the victory point if you actually mechanically succeed at the roll. Yes, but like I'm giving a lot of wiggle room on the death toll based on stuff like that. Right? Cool, like cool. that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So how do I handle this when you're both at the you're both at the fucking high mart? Great. I can take I think based on where you are, perception is the natural check to make here. So as and I think then what happens is as the vampires see you know, like they were—they were so focused on grip. Take a big bite out of you, whip back around, and they catch sight of like there's just nobody out there except for you, and you're making your way to cover. They're like, ah, shit, you know, no, no fresh targets. Seems like everybody's out of the buildings. They just move on. They head back towards Iris Hill. But give me those perception checks for the identification phase in the fourth scenario. Jesus fucking Christ. What'd you get? Well, at least, okay, it's discovery. It's another another 15. It's my third 15, 15 in perception check. Yeah. And what about dabs? Uh, 30. <laughs> gripper in the dabs, gripper in the dabs. Wow, so... In the chaos, as dabs is focused on and has to tend to ushering people down into this cellar, Dabs catches sight of someone across the way in the darkness while the Manatangal is attacking Grip, appearing to dump a packet of material into the well. And then Gripper catches sight of somebody hustling away just as the Manatangal teeth get like pulled out of your neck and you're, you know, trying to recover there. You both caught sight of somebody dumping something into the well. Where is the well in relation to the high mark? You are basically at the location. So if if you want to, mm, here we go. I can take, this is probably Dabs here. I can take a knowledge nature check from Dabs. Yeah, we can do that. It's a natural 20 on the die. Oh, what's your total? Uh, 33. All right. So Dabs knows because Dabs pays attention to the lifeblood of every city. Mm-hmm, As Dabs mm-hmm. has walked around town the last couple of days and explored and gotten used to the flow of energy here, you know, there's just always this ongoing sense of the town being displaced or feeling wrong or feeling sick. But especially after taking that subterranean river journey to the well under Fort Hale course, mm-hmm. Dabs has sort of like kept their senses open to the flow of water under this city and you, know, you would be aware of there's there's basically eight wells in town i'm not going to focus on five of them for now okay but you do know that there is a well here in the high mart and you know that the underground river that feeds that well flows down to the southeast to the dwarven quarter of town. There's a well near Bincher's Smithy. And into the halfling quarter of town, there is another well 
down in Farmer's Square, and that basically this is all one connected artery of lifeblood, of water here. And if somebody has effectively dumped something into the well here with an intent to harm people, this is the quadrant of people that stand to potentially suffer. The folks up here in the Highmart, all the dwarves, all of the halflings. Right, right. How do you think the two of you would handle this situation? This feels like you can, you're probably hoping somewhere in this city, Roni the alchemist is doing something if he knows anything about this, but you don't know. Punch the poison. (laughs) I hit it. Right, I don't have the ability to identify what's happening or what's going on with the water, but um, would definitely want to get the word out or close off the the wells so robert you mentioned climb if you if you wanted to i'm um, probably pretty good at swim too if you wanted to throw yourself down in the well and see if you could find what's down there like that could conceivably be an option yeah, um, i mean did, did we see did it look like was liquid poured into the well or it was like something like a packet of some sort like maybe um i mean yeah i would i would definitely not have a problem going down into the well to see what's what mm-hmm Dabwick would do that as well. Oh, you can take a yeah. You can take an aquatic form. Sure, absolutely. So, so the two of you catch sight of this, and make your way across the square, which is now emptied as the vampires are flying off to whatever their next business is. The two of you know something has just been dropped down into this well. Catch eyes with each other, and leap in. Yeah. Yes. So you, you have a. F- you have, oh, you have the... Um, Frog-like form. The yeah. swim, swim speed, amazing breath holding. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say this. I mean, yeah. I don't have ranks in swim. I just have a good strength. So we might be looking at a scenario kind of similar to your first thing, where it's like everything you're going to do here is going to rely on your strength. More strength-based than... Yeah. Climbing down... Holding your, moving around. Oh, holding your breath. Let's give you some actual fucking adventure. You're rolling so bad. Um, <laughs> we could make, cause you know, one of the mechanics in the game is constitution is how you calculate how long you can hold your breath. Right. You have dark vision. Ooh, okay. The story here is we dive down into the well. We're seeing trails of stuff in the water as though some packet that's dissolving slowly is maybe heading downstream. We know we don't want to drink this water while we're in it, so we have to hold our breath long enough to see if we can get to the packet in time and make our way back out. I think because you can turn into an aquatic thing, I think this is a victory point for Dabs. Right. So now we're on to a con check for Gripper. Which is probably, ooh, and you know, you just got blood drained, so you're down a little bit. But, so only, ma- but only one. But only one. So you've got that floating plus two from Mellison. Right. And then you have the option of an action point still, right? God damn it. Um, 18. And I'm going to add an act. I'll use my action point great, on great. this one. 18 plus. Come on. Come on. Come on. For a 19. Oh. So, oh boy, I think, you know, how earlier this evening, for session after session, it was Rody's job to be the fucking punching bag of the night, to like take all of the damage over and over and over again and get back up like, I still got something in me. Grip has been burned. Oh. Grip has been bitten by a vampire. Oh, gosh. And Grip is able to, oh, so fucking close, 
able to hold his breath long enough to be useful in this journey to find and locate this packet of quickly dissolving poison. But I think in the process, isn't quite able to hold his breath long enough to avoid taking a little bit of it in at the end. You're gonna take one more point of con damage as you surface and climb your weary ass way out of the well back in the high mart. I think this distance here, as you've got this in your hand, Dabwick, you know, not knowing, so this this is a small space, Grip's gotta go back as quickly as you can. You actually have a swim speed. I think maybe, maybe it's like you get the idea of like, I'm just gonna go to the next well and get this out, I might be faster. Yes. So you emerge from the well in the Dwarven Quarter near okay. Binter's Smithy. Okay. Oh, Robert, wow. My God. My God, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Everyone is alone for the final scenario. Which wow. one of you wants to go first? You go right, first. I'll go. Good luck. Hey, thanks. So Grip emerges out of the well at the High Mart. And again, we're looking at these phases as taking you know, around 10 minutes. And even though you don't have to travel to go to where this next thing is going to happen, I still want to give you the possibility of earning a bonus in the identification phase. So give me a give me a perception check here. Let's see if you can get yourself a little Wrong. something. something. Uh, that's a 20. Boom. Plus one on whatever happens now. And what is happening is you're so you've pulled your weary ass out of the well. You're trying to catch your breath, scanning your eyes around town to see what else is going on. Do I have to go anywhere immediately? <sighs> and then, you know, the the folks down in this bolt hole start coming out. And immediately you've got this uneasy feeling about the look you see in their eyes. Mm-hmm. You see a look of determination. You see a look. These are the people that we just sent down. Yes. Maybe, emboldened by what they saw you do, they seem to have gotten the idea that if they just get enough of the town to rally together, they can take the fight up to Iris Hill and stop this now. The numbers are on their side. There has to be a thousand of us left in town. If we can just all get together, they can't possibly kill all of us. We can swarm over this place. And knowing what you know about the kind of hazards that they face up there, this is uh, this seems ill-advised at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think uh, Gripper would, would face this situation? Oh, my God. Is he going to have to reason with them? Oh. <laughs> so I think I think at this point he's just like, what do you think you can fucking do up there that we have not been able to do? I've, we've been in the fort. We've been in Iris Hill tonight. And there are things there. Did you see us? We killed 12 of these fuckers down a few streets back just a few moments ago after being in Iris Hill and seeing things that would make your fucking blood curdle if you saw them. And there's more of those up there. And there is a thing in the basement up there that I'm pretty sure would only have to fucking look at the lot of you and you would die. I'm telling you, stay the fuck home for your own fucking good or you're gonna wind up dead if you're lucky. 
and Grip says this, like with, you know, his, his cloak charred on the edges, burn scars on his arms, bleeding from the neck and hacking and coughing up some of the poison that he ingested. This like monstrous figure of power is appealing to them that if you haven't been able to quite yet take on all these forces, what do the fuck do they think they're going to do? Oh, I love that. I love that. What kind of role is this? It's got to be intimidate. I mean, that's the only the only thing I'll have a chance at. I mean, we'll we'll lean on that that part of it where you're like get the fuck home. That you're you're not trying to terrify them, but you weren't trying to impress upon them in no uncertain terms how dangerous this is. And I mean, yeah, they saw they just saw this thing took a take a bite out of me that would have yeah, killed any number of them. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's not the intimidation of me hurting them this time. It's the intimidate, the, just the intimidation of the reality of the situation. Yeah, that, yes. that they, that they, they cannot, they think they have seen horror in town tonight, but they don't even, they have no clue what is really at play. I love this argument. And for all of the pain and suffering you've brought on yourself, including and especially in front of this group for their sake. Give yourself a plus five on this roll. In addition to the... Plus two. Plus one. Oh, and plus oh, one. I had the oh, plus one. Yeah. So plus one, plus two is three, plus five is eight. Come on. Come on, Gripper, come on. Come on. God damn it. Three on the die. What? It was a three what? on the fucking die. So 22. Robert, the DC is 23. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. All right. You don't get any victory point mm-hmm. from this, but this is going to save lives. I'll take it. Yeah. You get the sense that most of these folks are heading back to their homes. But as you're heading back down to town to try to team back up with the gang, uh, we'll find out later if maybe there were any idiots there were any idiots there were definitely way fewer idiots than there would otherwise have been (laughs) all right nice cool we're just in uh send polly in very good so at the end of this previous event you know dabwick is emerging with from the well in the dwarven quarter of town with a packet of deadly poison in their hands scampering like a frog up this well emerging out there like dumping it onto the ground staring around and it seems as though there is a, a, a bustle of activity in this area. There seems to be sort of doors gathering, maybe some other folks coming up the road to the east. Give me a perception check. Let's see if you can figure out what's going on here. Uh, Dabwick's got a 26 to the perception <laughs> check right now because of that elixir of vision. So plus 19, uh, we're looking at a 45. Oh my God. So yes. Dabwick earning a plus six on their uh, event check this round does indeed figure out that it looks as though a group of dwarves and halflings are gathering together here and they're they're having a conversation. There's a, there's a, there is a conversation rolling. You, you very quickly get the idea that a bunch of these folks feel kind of abandoned and isolated and like they've got targets on their backs and they're talking about packing up their families and heading tonight into the woods to get out of town. Maybe taking our chances out there is better than staying here. 
Yeah, the face that you're making right there is probably what I'm imagining Dab's feeling. Of, oh, oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. So you can tell that that is what is going on. What do you think Dabs would uh, would say to these folks? The first thing Dabs would want to do was say, "Friends, friends, listen. I see you. I know you know what's going on out here, and I've come to see what I can do to help." The first thing we need to do, though, is we need to get out of the open air. There's flying terrible things coming into town and taking people away. We've got to get us all hidden away in shelter somewhere. Is there there a place like a cellar we could hide in? Cloud of Binter steps forward. It just feels like nowhere's safe here anymore. That the deeper we go underground is not going to help us anymore. There is nothing left here in town. There is no authority. There is no organization. There's no militia. We don't know what they're doing at Iris Hill up there, but they're, they're trying to kill us all. It's obvious to us now. They are trying to kill all of us. All of us. And we cannot go out without protection now. It's not safe. Going into the woods is putting yourself and your families in danger. The keep is empty. Iris Hill is attacking the town, and we're trying our best to contain what's going on, but the best thing you can do to stay safe is to stay hidden tonight. The keep is empty? We saw people leaving there. You saw the last things that you knew were there leaving... You suspect there may be a spirit of some sort in the basement, but that's, as far as you know, everything else is out of there. There are areas of the keep that you could go to and hunker down, lock yourself in. Do not go in the basement and stay off the roof. But if you stay in the magistrate's main areas... Barracks, courtroom, magistrate's exactly. office. Exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Steering them towards the keep. Okay, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Back road, so the, uh, is the geography such that they... They can absolutely go on the edge of town here, back behind the high mart, and sneak up the backside of Fort Hill Course. And I could escort them there. Is that possible? Flag in hand. Yeah. Leading a gaggle of dwarves and halflings up to yeah. safety at Fort Hill Course. Running from the front of the line to the back of the line and back again. Checking on everybody? Yes. I love it, I love it, love it. What check is this, you think? Um, this this boy feels like diplomacy, it right? It does feel like a diplomacy check. All right, so you're going to make your diplomacy check here with a plus six from your identification phase check. That's, that's a good thing because my diplomacy check is not great. And plus two. Great, okay, thank you. So that's plus eight all day um, with the skill check. Action point. You got one left? For this uh, scenario tonight? Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. All right. Let's see here. Let's see. So, 16. 16 total? Mm-hmm. Maybe the dwarves don't believe me. Is that what you think? It, yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, what, what, what do you think goes wrong here? I'm a halfling, and I'm kind of addressing the halflings, but I think the dwarves still feel like... They're not being attended to, or mm. I didn't. I mm-hmm. didn't really. I didn't address them as 
stoically as I could or <laughs> however a dwarf knight likes to be spoken to. Yeah, and they feel the, the focus was put on the halflings, whether fairly or not. Right. Okay. All right. So why don't you send in Johnny? Okay. So Roni is just finishing up using his alchemical skill to purify the poison in the well yes. near the silver wagon. Give me a perception check there, Johnny. Oh! Yeah? That's a uh, 33. Nice. Get yourself a plus three on your final event check. Ooh. So, as Roni is packing up his supplies, feeling pretty darn freaking satisfied with his skill in that last particular event, his eye catches through a couple of buildings and down over, like, just around the corner near the actual front of the silver wagon as the as the scene there in terms of the fire is dying down, he spots what seems to be a gathering of people that looks a little more organized than some of the chaos he's observed before. And his eye, you know, he's, he's accustomed to piecing out the sight of a group of dejected people who seem to be maybe on the verge of making a bad decision. Heading over there? Absolutely. So, Roni finds himself in a situation here, and he's able to, you know, it's we're still late at night, and the fire is out here, is able to sort of keep a low profile at first as he's trying to figure out what's going on with this group of people. And Roni has stumbled into a gaggle of folks that have reached the point where they feel so dejected about like the the hopelessness of this situation that they're actually discussing going up to Iris Hill and surrendering. Like, will that give them what they want? Will that stop this? Maybe if we beg them for mercy? And, you know, knowing what you know about the morality of the people who are involved in various cults of Haster, I think some pretty dark scenarios can come to your mind pretty quickly. Oh yeah, they would just they'd be like, absolutely, we'll forgive you come on in, and then would they would just be slaughtered. Absolutely, so this crowd seems on the verge of tipping towards maybe this will satiate them. Maybe if we offer ourselves to them, maybe it's our resistance or our hiding that is what's bringing this all upon us, and it's it's a really dark scene there. How do you think Ronnie would want to handle this? He's still in the throes of this paranoia. He's watching this group of people contemplate just giving up, basically. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what he does is he's like, he's going to go down to them and basically talk to them about the cult of Haster. This is a fun I, idea. I, I kind of want to roll it. I kind of want to roll it first. Oh, you want to roll it and play it? I, I think so, because I think it's... It's dangerous, isn't it? It is, yeah. So you want to leverage your knowledge of this cult. Of, like, who it is that you are talking about going and putting yourself in the hand, in their hands. Yeah, this is fun. Let me let me explain to you who it is that you are that you want to put give your your safety over to. So what uh, what check do you think in this is? I think this is a knowledge religion check. All right. 
I mean, see. have you used your advantage roll yet? Yep. Oh, used shit. everything. I used it to save you the used kids. It all. Yeah. I used it all to save the kids already. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what we Here get. Here we go. Here we go. All right. It's for all the marbles. That is a 27. Why don't you tell me what Gull says as he earns a victory point for this encounter here? So he walks up to them. Yeah. Like, who, who am I talking to? You're talking to a group of mostly in this part of town, more well-off people. Maybe people who... The soft ones in the town. I think... The, the, the closest thing to, like, the people who, like, don't have to work that hard. Yes. Yes. Have they ever really experienced hardship? Roni might doubt that. And Roni would know that they can, you know, these are the kind of people that can afford to have people take care of their kids, maybe. These are people that can afford to, you know, buy some of the nicer food. Uh, Maybe don't help out beyond their own neighborhood as much as uh, they could. They're insulated. They're insulated from like... Yeah, from from, life. from, From life, from like hardship. Yes. And so they think that the social order has broken down, but if we just go to these people... And go, look, you'll be our new leaders now. We can go back to things the way that they were, and you'll be in charge, and we'll pay our taxes, and you know. The social order will save us. The social order will save us because they don't realize, they think that this is just like a power grab. Mm -hmm. They don't understand that this, this is literally the end of this town. This is like human sacrifices. They don't don't understand. No, they don't know. Who is the person that's like talking right now? What are they saying? Do I know them? Knowledge local. Yeah. Oh my god. That's a 36. <laughs> uh, this is Milos Balka. Milos owns a fine bakery in town. And a bakery that Roni thinks of as in its heyday having doing so well that Milos himself doesn't have to do much of the baking anymore. That he's got people to do that for him. And he's he's making a very rational argument with the people around him of, you know, this they, they want something from us. So we will, if we give them what they want, if we give them the, the our acquiescence, our, our support, the, surely they, this, this, these killings, these will, these will stop. If, if we, we show them that we are good members of this community that that we that we will fall in line and, and we will do what they Melosh. ask he seems unsure if he's allowed to make eye contact with you look at me he does and maybe a single beat of sweat do you know who I am I know who you are no you don't know who I am you think you know who I am, but you don't. Then who are you? My name is Roni Stoitcha, and I've been trying to save this fucking town. I've been bleeding for it. I've almost died for it. I've had friends die for it. And you're gonna sit there with your soft hands? When was the last time you got up early to, to bake? Huh? How many years ago? Answer me. How many years ago? Two years. Now you sleep in. Rest yourself. You think it's going to be so easy? You think you're just going to go up that hill? 
and say, we give up. It'll all be fine. Well, just like you don't know me, you don't know who is up that hill. Then who is up that hill? Who is doing this to us? I don't have time for a full-on academic lesson right now. But let me make it very clear. You know, you remember how all these people in the town kept disappearing and stuff? You all know about that, right? A lot of nodding heads. You all probably had people that disappeared that you know, right? Yes. Yes. You know what happened to them? No. What happened to them? They're probably dead. They've probably been sacrificed. Sacrificed? That's right. To what? To See who? these stellas? You see these big towering pieces of fucking rock? You know, it's like they've been around them their whole lives. They're kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah? They've been sacrificed to those things. They've been cut open and bled to power those things. They make a doorway to another world. That's all you are to these people. It's just a way to open up a door. You see them, you know, folks in the audience are looking around. You know, you're surrounded by Carcosa murals, and they feel themselves surrounded by the unknown, surrounded by things they can't understand. I know it's scary. Believe me, I know. But this is not a time to give up. You want to hide? Hide. Keep them from getting you. Keep them from opening that fucking door. But if you march up there and do it, if you're gonna give up like that, you're sacrificing yourselves for nothing. I don't think you're nothing. I think you're something. I think you're worth something. I think it's a... It's a waste, but what do I know? Don't do it. Just don't do it. Couple by couple and cluster by cluster, they start peeling off and heading back to their homes. Nice. Sit in, Katie, and we'll wrap this up. So, Katie. Yeah? We're in the final event of the night. Give me a, give me a diplomacy check for this identification phase here. 26. Plus two on your next check. Yeah, that's kind of where you always land, isn't it? Yes. Here's what happens as Dora is making her way from neighborhood to neighborhood and pocket of people to pocket of people. Uh She starts hearing people mentioning lights manifesting at the Wailing House. I don't want to go to the Wailing House. That there is the sound of somebody howling in pain. It's not a little girl, is it? No. It sounds like a young man. Oh, it's Ray. Fuck. People are scared. They don't understand what's going on, and I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong I'm here, going but there. yeah. I mean, I, I it's like can't even control her feet. Yeah. Right as she's absolutely not drawn down oh, buddy. the hill. Out to the east end of town. Through the halfling quarter, which seems strangely abandoned. As if something happened there. No sign of I was not part of. No sign of damage, but yeah, you you're in the aftermath of something. You make your way across 
this bridge and close to the well out there where there is just this gathering of like 15, 20 people all standing in silence and staring out to the end of Market Street where you can see, you know, under the stars, the the shadow of this gigantic, dilapidated, three-story mansion. And you can see... So, you know, Dora hasn't actually been here yet. No. But she would have heard about it from Ray and Grip. And they described it as boarded up. But you're seeing lights, like pale white light, shining in oscillating glimmers out of all of the windows. And you also had it described to you as having a, a fence hedging it in. And uh, the closer you get, you can tell that the fence is as if exploded from the inside is in shards sprayed out all around this place. And as your feet move step by step by step closer to the end of Market Street, you start to hear the pained, agonized howl of Ray. It sounds like, you know, sort of, I was describing the cries of the Tatterman at the end of book one as coming like from behind water or through a veil. It's like he's not here, but he's here. And, you know, we've His recently been just. Agony dis- is so strong. Oh my that it's gosh. Bursting through. Bursting through the planar boundaries. Yeah. You know, we've recently had cause to contemplate the ethereal plane. And the closer Dora gets, the more certain she is that that's probably where Ray is right now. But the agony that he is experiencing is bleeding through to the material plane. You get to the edge of where this fence is. (laughs) The whole area is cold. Like she's walking along... You know, it's chilly. We're in basically November here, but she gets to that edge and, like, to the edge of where the fence is battered on the ground there, and, like, she can see in front of her her breath steaming in the air in front of her. And as you made your way down the street, I think we can picture that that gaggle of 15 to 20 folks silently Mm -hmm. following you, (laughs) waiting to see what you're going to do or say here as they all contemplate now having to live with what has become an actual haunted house. You know, I always had that, you know, it was given this cheesy name. Yeah, yeah. But I think everybody understood, of course, even though we live in in a supernatural world here, that there was nothing really going on and parents were okay with their kids spending the night there, but something has really fundamentally changed. And you can tell these people who live right by this are terrified she'll turn to them first yeah I know you're frightened this was a good man he needs space and peace he deserves your compassion not your fear I will speak with him. There's a lot of grim faces, but, you know, subtly nodding heads as people, you know, put an arm around their child or their 
spouse or their friend and give you some space at the edge of the Wailing House property here. Then I go inside. <laughs> Dora crosses the ice-cold front yard. say goodbye yard. to anyone before I left them. <laughs> Up the dilapidated porch, stepping over the holes and the rotted out slats opening up the crumbling front door and emerging into a front room of a once fine mansion where you see Ray where you see where you see through Ray mm-hmm. as he stands with his arms outstretched crying up to the sky and it's like He's coming in and out of existence, so it's like... And as you take this in, he doesn't seem to be even loosely aware of you yet. Yeah. You take this in, you're pretty sure he's calling out the name Dario. Dora will uh, move to sit on the floor before him. <laughs> and take out her crystal and the finger bones Mm. that I'm pretty sure belong to Daria. Ray, can you hear me? You don't hear the screaming, but you're not entirely sure it is looking at you. But you don't hear the screaming. You remember me. You remember we were friends. And we looked out for one another. I feel I failed you. And now you are caught somewhere I I cannot reach you. But I am still your friend. And whatever it was that you have done. I forgive you. Oh. Come here, diplomacy check now. I mean, it's roll with advantage. Twenty-two. It's unbelievable. I rolled a three and a four. Are you willing to sacrifice something? Yeah. The ghost of Braden Vaticus, for the first time, manifests eyeballs in this oh. hazy body of light, and they stare down at you, and he, he is openly weeping. Yeah. And you see his mouth moving, but you just hear, like, <laughs> backwards groaning and talking, but he seems like he's trying so hard to communicate something. He reaches out towards you, down to the floor, touches the bones. They crumble into ash, and with a... He vanishes for the moment. Yeah. And that's the end of Chapter 72. We will find out the aftermath of all of this next time. Oh my god. Dark
Texas is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. WTPK. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Two tags. Season good. two tag. <laughs>